Hello there. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Talking Smack, where we talk superheroes, movies, animation, and comics. I'm your host, Josh Scar, and joining me this week is Alex. Alex, how you doing? Pretty good. Excited to be back, and I'm enjoying this weather we're having. It is 80s in April. That is rare. <laughs> it is a beautiful day. We had a great day yesterday, too. And we're also joined by Matt. Matt, how you doing? I'm doing good. Glad to be back. I We are also... Up here in Wisconsin, getting good weather, and I am living for it. It was an off winter. <laughs> so we are here this week to talk about Star Wars Celebration 2023 over in Europe. And uh, before we get into that, we're going to hear from our friends who uh, were just here, um, what was it, last week? I think it was last week to talk about uh, the Mario Brothers movie. But we're going to hear from our friends over at the Game Club Pod, which, uh, just a forewarning, I listened to the ad I forgot to have them update the promo. So they're still calling themselves the video game club in the promo, but they are now just the game club pod and everywhere you can find them is the game club pod. So we'll hear from Joey, Tim and Slade, and we'll be right back. Join me Slade and my two co-hosts, Joey and Tim over at the video game club, where once every two weeks we review a video game, not too dissimilar to a book club podcast. You you can, You can find us at the Video Game Club on all good podcast uh, providers and some sketchy ones as well. All right, I got a quick question about that. No. <clears throat> Too bad. So <laughs> the promo says once every two, week, two weeks we review video games. Now that they're just the club pod, what do they review every two weeks? <laughs> the game club pod. Not the club pod. Oh, they don't just oh, sorry. They the don't review like cricket bats and baseball bats and shit. <laughs> <laughs> Well, if they're the game yeah. club pod, they yeah, should. Yeah, they broaden their horizons should they choose to go down that avenue. Well, I think that is something that they have discussed privately. Maybe uh, maybe I'm giving too much of a peek behind the curtain to use one of Slade's favorite colloquialisms. Um, I think that they would like to venture beyond just video games, uh, but it's a matter of finding the ability to do stuff like that, like tabletop games and other things. Maybe I'm speaking out of my ass. I don't know. That that seems like something that being the game club pod would mean. Slade, that sounds binding. Josh said it. <laughs> you have to do it now. That's what I heard. And then once they run out of tabletop games, they can. I'm looking for their 2027 review of the new line of Louisville Slugger baseball bats. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's good audio. Because you can actually hear the crack of the bat as it hits the ball. Mm. Yeah, there's nothing better than a, a good hit on a radio call for a baseball game. You just hear that. Yeah. Ooh, oh, sports. Yeah. Like, in the, like mm, that is Tennessee hickory right there in that Louisville. <laughs> sports and such, yeah. Uh, but we've got some big announcements from Star Wars Celebration Europe, which we are going to talk about this week. Uh, we're going to start by talking off, uh, talking about, talking off. What the hell does that mean? We're going to start by talking about the TV shows that were announced. And then we're going to talk about some movies that were announced, which Star Wars loves doing that DC thing where they just announce a bunch of shit that's not going to happen. Uh, so we'll kind of get put a scale on it to see what the we think the is going to happen. <laughs> exactly. We'll get there. We'll get there. <laughs> 
And then we're just going to talk about like the state of Star Wars as well at the end if we have the time. Uh, but let's get moving along. Okay, so TV shows that were announced. Uh, Tales of the Jedi Season 2 was announced, which I, I am all for. Um, I just kind of hope that it's something new. Like, I would love to see them do something with, like, Kanan or Caleb Doom, as he would be called as a, a Padawan. Uh, like, maybe shift focus away from Ahsoka. I know she's a, a monetary goldmine, but I would like to see something that's not just Ahsoka-based. Um, so, like, maybe maybe give us some Kanan stuff that we haven't seen before. Did they show anything or did they just announce it? They, did they... they just announced, as okay. far as I know, it was just announced. I don't even know if they actually talked about content within what season two will be. Yeah, like one hopes that the, I mean, the format would lend itself so well to, you know, it in and of itself, the first season is kind of an anthology of just two characters that we know from Clone Wars a lot. So you would hope that they could do that, you know, tell different stories about different characters, especially yeah, now that like, and... go ahead. Uh, I was going to say, they can even do young Anakin. We have a 10-year gap from the time he becomes Obi-Wan's apprentice that we can see some stories that build him into yeah. the Anakin that we see in, in Attack of the Clones. Yeah, and especially now that Ahsoka seems to be, you know, they seem to be positioning her as a transitioning to like a live-action character in that corner of the universe. That seems like a good bet, I think, is all I'm getting at. Yeah, speaking of Ahsoka, I... I really hope Ashley Eckstein gets something added to her plate in the Star Wars universe, just because it is going to become Rosario Dawson's thing for yeah. the rest of time, even though Ashley Eckstein's been playing that character for what? Almost 15, 20 years at this 15 point. 15 years. years? I think. Yeah. If it yeah. always starts in 2008, right? Yeah. Cause yeah. tales of the Jedi was a 15 year celebration of the, the start of the clone wars series. So like, yeah, Ashley Eckstein, she deserves as much praise as Rosario Dawson, if not more, for cre helping create that character and bringing her to life. But moving along, uh, getting off my soapbox, the, uh, the next one of the next announcements we had was uh, the Skeleton Crew starring Jude Law and a bunch of unknown younger actors. Um, everything I see on this series, it really just reminds me of that old Nickelodeon show Space Cases, but it's Star Wars, so it's probably going to be a little more grim. Space Cases ruled. Oh, yeah, this is great. Jewel State with rainbow hair and an invisible friend, Walter yeah. E. Jones. <laughs> wow, that you you I just knew it. I just remembered it existed. You know, I'm I'm into this. I I don't know that it's for me. Like I don't know that it's a show that I'm like gonna make sure I tune into. But it's one of those things that it seems like this is kind of what you should do if you're gonna make Star Wars a big brand. This is the kind of stuff you can do, right? Where you can just do a live action show for kids that is just, you know, you can, you can play in the space a little bit, which I think is, I think is interesting. Well, I've just been thinking, didn't they already try something like this with like a game show about being young Jedi or something like that? Yeah, it was great. It was, they did a legends of the hidden temple with, um, uh, Keller and Bach, AKA Ahmed, Ahmed best, um, as the host. And uh, yeah. yeah, it was good. I, I like that one a okay. lot. It was a YouTube exclusive on Star Wars Kids, but it was it was basically Legends of the Hidden Temple, but with Star Wars. This is like a narrative show set in the universe, though, right? Not like a. Yes, this is. Yeah, yeah this will be like I said, it's I, I from the description I have seen. It's basically space cases where a young crew and their elder leader are just stuck out in space. Decrepit old man Jude Law. Well, I remember <laughs> when they announced this. Uh, I think it was last year at Star Wars Celebration Anaheim 
where they're like, oh, it's going to be a cast of unknowns. It's going to be this. It's going to be that. And then they're like, oh, and here's our lead, Jude Law. You've never heard of him before, but he's here to tell us about uh, Skeleton Crew. I guess you got to have one big name to get that to get the buzz, right? Maybe. I don't know. I mean, that's that's probably the the executive thinking, at least. Okay. All right. This is where it is. Jude Law is now in the Disney house. That's right. He is Captain Hook and Peter Pan and Wendy. He's entered the phase of his career where he's like, all right, I need some easy Disney yeah, it's time money. For that money. Yeah. I'll <laughs> stand in front of a blue screen mm-hmm. for 20 minutes. Yep. Exactly. I, okay. Reading the synopsis of Skeleton Crew, it could be interesting, but to me, it almost sounds like Lost in Space with Jude Law. Yeah. It, that's space cases. Yeah. It yeah. was Lost in okay. Space but with like an entire crew of, Space Cadets. Update your references, okay. Alex. <laughs> I'm sorry. Lost in Space is a lot newer than Space Cases, considering it had three seasons on Netflix. Three seasons on Netflix. It didn't exist prior to that. There was no movie starring Joey from Friends. There was no TV show prior to that. What's Joey? <laughs> <laughs> the Okay, so the thing about Joey is, my wife and I say it occasionally to each other because we watch Friends we can't, and watch I, Joey. Okay, just, just sorry to... To, to channel channel my inner Matt here, we can't get into these weeds. We're here to talk about Star Wars, not, no, not no. Joey Spin. He already started no, no, the story. Okay. He already started yeah. the version. So Jennifer Coolidge is on that show. She's his uh, she's his agent, which by the way, Jennifer Coolidge getting a great resurgence this year. Love her, Stifler's mom. <laughs> and he shows up to her house to talk about like some kind of issue or something, and she opens the door like wearing like a nightie or something like that, and shouts, "Welcome to Caligula's!" And then she's like, "Oh, you?" She's <laughs> like, "Are you having a party?" And she's like, "Yes, <laughs> I'm not invited." And like she shuts the door on his face. That show sounds great. <laughs> but, every, but every once in a while, my wife and I will just like be passing by each other and, and go, "Welcome to Caligula's." <laughs> <laughs> just the stupidest thing it's the only thing about that show that's stuck into my head <laughs> jennifer coolidge in a star wars oh my god can you imagine her in a star wars like as like doing this the bend and pop <laughs> or something like that <laughs> the bend and snap sorry before the legally blonde people come and try to kill me <laughs> they will and you light your lightsaber as you bend and snap <laughs> their, their head off <laughs> I'm just I'm just watching Josh like force that grin as he just gets angrier and angrier and angrier. I'm not hating this conversation. It's we've only got like an, we've only got like 45 minutes left. I don't know where we're at in the edit time, but we've already been doing this for about 15 minutes. Plus, we talked for 15 minutes before this. And then we had some technical issues when we started recording and then we had to restart recording. We're so All right. Far All right. Let's, keep it, let's keep it moving. What's All right, next? so next up is the Acolyte, which I, from the sounds of it, I'm really excited for this one. It's set in between, um, somewhere between a hundred years before the prequels. I don't know exactly where. Um, it's like the the High Republic is the big like non movie thing going on right now in the books and the comics, and uh, that ends like a hundred years before the Phantom Menace. So the the Acolyte is set in between there, and it sounds like it's going to be like a a noir kind of star Wars setting, but with Jedi and Sith and everything it's created by Leslie Headland, um, who I believe is it. Is she the one who was part of the hate you give? I'm looking at the, uh, the deadline story here, just trying to make sure I get everything correct. Um, yeah, she was 
Headland was joined on stage by the main cast, including the Hate You Give actor- actress Amandala Stenberg, uh, Squid Game Emmy Award winner uh, Lee Jung Jai, and Manny Jacinto and Daphne Keen. And there's a, like a whole bunch of names here that most people won't know. But if you've watched like obscure TV and cinema, you would probably know who most of these people are. But this show sounds really cool. Uh, it's a former Padawan who it sounds like they walked away from the order at some point, but they come back to uh, be the reluctant partner of a Jedi Master played by Lee Jung Jai. And uh, they have to solve a, a murder mystery, essentially, in the Star Wars universe with Jedi and everything. And I'm probably spoiler alert, uh, but it's probably going to be Carrie Ann Moss. She's in the series as well. Yeah. OK, so I, I have a quick uh, bone to pick with you about this. You said people that are obscure. Manny Chiquito is from The Good Place. That it was a big show. Jody Turner Smith is a big name. And I'm sorry, but Daphne Keene. X twenty three. That's a name. How dare you <laughs> it's say been that these people? Seven are on years board. since we've seen her in in the. the she just got off of Gritty Wolverine. Yeah, she was just on his Dark Materials on HBO. Yeah, three seasons of his Dark Materials. That was I'm watched sorry, by just, tens of people. Tens, exactly. Thank you. Point proven. <laughs> if that show has a hundred fans, I'm one of them. If it has one, I'm one of them. If it has none, I'm dead. Ooh. <laughs> okay, the last season of the Dark Materials average viewership was 150,000 people. <laughs> but I can see that point to Josh, <laughs> people we've never heard of. Um, <laughs> and like Daphne Keene, most people would just know her as the girl from Wolverine. X-23. Yeah, that's her biggest like, profile role. Yeah. Yeah. And again, yeah. she was a, a child then. It's been a while, so no one's going to recognize her anyway, or they'll be like, huh, she looks familiar. And then they'll look at up like, oh, my God. Sort of like Henry Cavill, where everyone's like, huh, he looks familiar. And then they're like, oh, my God, he's the kid from Count of Monte Cristo. That is what they know him from. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> OK, I'm going to be honest here. I watched Top Gun Maverick like six times. I'm sorry. I did not realize <laughs> that Manny Chiquita uh, was one of actually the random people that Tom Cruise was training. <laughs> he's Lieutenant Billy Fritz Avalon. I did not Fritz even realize Avalon. he was in that movie. It's just because you're so focused on the worst person in the world, Tom Cruise. First off, allegedly. <laughs> Second off, he is very compelling in that movie. <laughs> I, I, and Jennifer Connelly. <laughs> it's hard to go wrong with Jennifer Connelly. I um, was going to say. But yeah, this, at least, you know, obviously we haven't seen anything from this, but the pitch is, is good and the cast is great. So I'm like, I am at least in enough to like check it out, right? Yeah. Um, quick question 42. So this is set our. Thank you. Oh, that actually sounds right. Um, so this is set a hundred years before the Phantom Menace. Any possibility that this Carrie Ann Moss is um, Darth Sidious's master? Wouldn't that be Darth Plagueis? I mean, I guess we don't. We don't know Darth Darth Plagueis's gender. That's that's fair. I don't know that we would have a Darth Plagueis. I feel like they would make a big deal out of that. I mean, unless that's like the big Batman reveal at the end. As you said, as you said, Carrie Ann Moss, you're like, oh, you know, that's going to be the bad person because she's the biggest name. And the whole like, was it Yoda said that, you know, the, the Sith hasn't been seen for hundreds of years or something like that. They've been gone. If they've been quietly working in the background and this is a noir, it makes sense that like there's probably no survivors kind of yeah. thing. And that she reveals herself as Darth Plagueis kind of thing. Gets got. Uh, yeah. Or, the, I or mean, kills I, them both. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I I wouldn't hate it because that would just make a whole bunch of fanboys really pissed off. <laughs> That's one of my favorite I, things. That's why I like most of the things I like now. <laughs> <laughs> I just would find that fascinating because Carrie Ann Moss, she's mid fifties, I think like yeah. that. And the whole, like, I am being Darth Plagueis, she could try to extend her life kind of thing. Um, I have no idea how old the guy who played um, uh, who played Palpatine was in... Ian McDermott? And, yeah, he yeah, was... In episode one, 50s, 60s? Uh, he was probably in his late 40s, early 50s, something in there. Yeah, I mean, you could you could say that he's extended that she extended her you know life. She's like her late 90s, early 100s or something like that been working at that and you know he up uh, up and coming young buck kills her yeah. gets the story that could be fascinating how ironic mm-hmm. uh yeah he was ian mcdermott was 55 during the phantom menace mid early to mid 50s for filming yeah so that could be really interesting yeah i i wouldn't hate it um i just Personally, I don't think it is, but I'm usually wrong on these things. Anyone who listens to Talking Lasso knows every prediction I make is wrong. So um, <laughs> <laughs> speaking of predictions, uh, the Star Wars Rebels spinoff slash uh, what would no? It'd be Star Wars Rebels follow up series slash Mandalorian spinoff. Ahsoka is coming and uh, the, the Rebels fan in me is very excited for this. We had Zeb show up in an episode of Mando. We had uh, we got to see Sabine. We got to see uh, Mary Elizabeth Winstead as Hera, which I predicted. I called that out uh, when we were doing the Star Wars celebration last year, I believe. You're right. Sometimes I'm right. Sometimes uh, when it's a very obvious casting choice. (laughs) I mean, there were people thinking that she might get announced as like an evil Sith for the Acolyte or something, but she just. It seemed more like a Hera casting to me, so I'm I'm cool with that. Uh, we got to see Chopper in the trailer, uh, a little bit of a hologram of Ezra, which I forget the guy who's playing Ezra. Uh, but this, the Ahsoka trailer, there there's some stuff that like really bothered me because uh, in the the Mando episode that she first appeared in, Alex and I we talked about this where there's just something off with the physicality that they do. Like, I don't know if it's the wire work or something, but there's like that shot where she drops from the ceiling and she's just falling really slowly, which I mean, she could, you could say she's using the force to slow her descent. Like, okay, it still just looks weird. Um, but I don't know if it's because they're really trying to protect Rosario Dawson or just like the stunt work isn't quite there with uh, like all the prosthetics that they have to wear. Um, but the physicality of some of the things that they do just doesn't look quite right to me. Like it's, it looks really stunted, not to put a play on words, just like, uh, really jagged, like not smooth at all. Well, yeah. And I'm, I think, I think the show looks cool. The trailer was cool. I have not seen rebels yet, but I'm happy all y'all are eating good. Um, yes, we are. There, there is still a part of me that is like, and I know, I know why this is the case, all the business reasons, all the like creative reasons there's still a part of me that is like why isn't this an animated show you know like yes i get it i know why it's not but i'm still like and and that ties into that too because like i recently only recently watched the final season of clone wars and you know that's very ahsoka heavy and beautiful action beautiful choreography in that entire season that i think that live action whether you know no matter who it is who's playing ahsoka just like cannot match um so i think that's just gonna happen when it's live action unfortunately well um 
I mean, for for me, it's even when she's just moving. And I, I understand what you're saying, where animation is just very smooth. Uh, and you can make it do whatever you want to do, really, within your budget constraints. But like, I think there's a shot in the, the Mandalorian episode where she's just running and it looks weird. And, and it probably it, is because she's got a big fucking thing on her head. <laughs> yeah. And, and like, I get that. But you would think that they would train the stunt person or something or they would. I don't know if it's Rosario Dawson running or the stunt person, but it, it's almost like Ezra Miller running as the Flash. Like, who runs like this? Right. Yeah, that's that's actually been something that's been bothering me a little bit. Um, I understand that the TV shows have different budgets in the movies where they're allowed months and months of training and like 70,000 takes and stuff like that. but we're getting really good stunt work and movement and on the Mandalorian. And that's because you have stunt people in the outfits that are trained to do it. Um, as we know, Pedro Pascal is almost never on set. Um, so they have stunt people doing all the work. And then you, of course you have all random Mandos, but Randos. I, I wonder if it's part, <laughs> I wonder if part of it is the constraint of where they're filming because mm. they're filming on that little sound stage that has, you know, these giant, you know, 4k screens that are 20 feet tall that surround mm. them. And I wonder if it's like, listen, you have a 10 foot space to move in. And if you touch that freaking screen, that screen's $50 million. Yeah, right. <laughs> you can't damage that. And I just wonder if it's partially, it's just, they're not allowed to move through their environment because mm. of their environment there, or lack thereof. Yeah. And you know, I think that that thing has been a really cool, uh, tool for them to use in these shows that's you know i think is better than a green screen you don't get those harsh lines and it, it actually looks like they're on location and everything like there there yeah, is a benefit I, to it there are times where i think you can see the limitations just because at the end of the day even if you have a big screen that's showing you a sky and you can get some some of the lighting and stuff it's not the same as like being in a space right that has that you can move around in in the same mm -hmm. way so I bet there are some of those constraints there where it's like, well, legally, according to your contract, according to our code, you can only get within 20 feet of this screen or otherwise we're going to sue you or something. And I, I, I feel like we are kind of like dogging a lot on these announcements, which like I, it's not intentional. It's just, we, I feel like there's an inherent skepticism uh, just because we have been, teased so much in the star wars announcements that it's like okay this has been announced but is it really going to happen this has been announced but what was the quality really of this project yeah, um, i mean everything that they've announced you know i'm not someone who is like obsessed about star wars i've i've generally tend to follow the shows as they come out but you know i'm i'm interested in everything interested interested mm -hmm. too excited somewhere on that spectrum everything i'm if it happens, I'm generally positive about until I see it and maybe it's not worth the time, but some of that remains to be seen. Right. Yeah. And for the most part, the stuff that we have been, uh, we have received announcements for and everything, um, or that we have seen from star Wars and or Obi-Wan. Um, I think the worst of the worst is the bad batch, but I think that's just remarkably average. It's not, I, to me, it's not adding too much. Like there are some really good episodes in there, especially in season two. But overall, I, I feel like it's very average, but like I really enjoyed Obi-Wan, even for like some of the weird continuity things that they threw in there. Um, him having a little side adventure with Leia, like, OK, I get it. But also, did it need to be Leia? Um, I get it. But it, I think Obi-Wan, for the most part, was really good. 
And uh, I think Ahsoka, especially as if they are making it a, a Star Wars Rebels follow-up, a true Star Wars Rebels follow-up, um, I think it has a lot of potential. Uh, the only issue I have canonically with it is that at the end of Rebels, which, sorry, spoilers, Matt, Ahsoka shows up looking kind of like a Jedi priestess, where it still seems like she's very much like, I'm not a Jedi, this is not my thing. And it, there, I... I feel like we're missing part of that journey that gets her to the point where she's showing up decked in white robes and looking very Jedi masterish and uh, what we have seen in Mando and book of Boba Fett. But before we move on, I do want to uh, address the blue alien in the room, which is they did confirm that Lars Mikkelsen who voiced Thrawn in star Wars rebels is coming back as Thrawn for this series as well. I'm so excited. People are hyped. Yeah. Yeah, I can't wait to get that that storyline of him trying to seduce Leia, the heir to the Empire story. It's good. <laughs> yeah, they even said those four magic words that so many Star Wars fans have been waiting for is yeah, heir gonna, to the Empire. They're going to bring that was... in another CGI Leia homunculus like the other Rogue One. <laughs> oh, it's going to be. I'm so excited. <laughs> Uh, and then before we get into uh, Matt's steak dinner here, um, we also got a trailer for Star Wars Visions 2, which I believe drops on May 4th. Um, I'm very excited. And also for this with you. Seems... <laughs> uh, I believe it's uh, I believe it is dropping on May 4th, but it, it looks like they're moving away from strictly anime and they're bringing in other animation houses, which I think is a really cool concept. Uh, it looks like they have like the Wallace and Gromit house doing yep. something. Um, there, there's just a lot of really cool looking episodes in there, which, uh, I just recently rewatched the village bride again from Star Wars vision season one, which I think that was my favorite one from that collection of stories. But like visions is such a cool concept that I'm, I'm happy they're bringing it back and they're expanding it beyond just anime. Yeah, no, this is actually exciting. I actually like the animatrix scene of the Star Wars universe with stuff like Tales of the Jedi and Star Wars Visions. It it is almost more satisfying to me to watch those than it is to actually watch a quote unquote normal series or movie. Yeah, because they're self-contained yeah. stories that we can just watch like one or two and be like, that was good. And then I'll come back to it later. And yeah, maybe maybe you come back a year later and you're like, oh, yeah, this is this was a thing. So let, let's start talking about the meat of uh, these announcements, because uh, we've got a few announcements afterwards for movies, but Andor season two and or meet cutes K2SO. Matt, how about you kick us off with this one? I mean, all I have to say is Andor fucking rolls. It is easily, if not the best, it is in the top like two or three things that Star Wars things that Disney has done. It is the best. Um, I cannot get enough of it. August, what is it? August 2024, they said, or somewhere around there. That's that, the expected release date. Yeah, that feels so far away, but I am. I'm fucking hype. That show rules. Let's do it. <laughs> Alex, okay. I've never heard of this show. So, I mean, yeah, I'm glad it's getting the second season. Uh, if you're being at, at all facetious, I beg you go watch it. I know you're. I know that you're. No. I know that you're probably that you're just pulling my chain. But anyone out there, if you haven't watched it, go watch it. I just have no interest in it. I Andor uh, Andor was fine in Rogue One. I just don't really care to watch a backstory for some 
it bothers me when they do things like this, when they keep the original actors to cast them in something that happened way before something they did a long time ago. So you're expecting me to watch this person who's like eight to nine years older than when they were in the movie to then act like five to 10 years younger than they were in the movie. So I have to shed like seven weirdly shed in my head, 17 years of like, it, it just bothers me. And frankly, I found Andor compelling in the movie, but I just don't want to watch another show filling another gap in the Star Wars thing. I want something new and interesting. Here's the thing. I don't need more gap filler between three and four. Well, here's the thing. Here's the thing. I hear what you're saying. I generally absolutely agree. I cannot stress enough that this is exactly what that show is that you're asking for. Like, I know that it sounds like, here's here's the story of the backstory of Cassie and Andor. We're going to fill these gaps. To a certain degree, yes. But like, it is the it's freshest, so good. the freshest and most interesting take on Star Wars in the universe in years. And I and I saw when you say to me, I want something new. I want something that's not just filling in the cracks. I'm not just want to see an, another prequel thing. That is this show. And I, mm-hmm. you know, it, it does take a couple episodes to get going. Like it's a 13 episode season. There's a reason they released the first three episodes at once is because they knew that's where you're like, oh, hell yeah, let's get going. Yeah, but I think, you know, if you get to like the halfway point in the season and you are not bought in, maybe 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 a little earlier than the halfway point, but then maybe it's not for you. But I cannot stress enough that like the things it is doing. Okay, what is it doing that's interesting? I mean, it's it's honestly it's the stuff that the prequels wanted to be interesting. It's the political intrigue, it's the espionage. Uh the way I would characterize this movie or this show is that it's a trilogy set into 12 parts. So like you okay. have a four part It's episode. taking like a Clone Wars structure where oh, it's got arcs. Wait. And th- okay, how how many episodes do a Jedi or Sith show up? None. Zero. Okay, not even that fake bullshit that the Star Wars fans say like, well, the Force switches aren't actually the Force switches are actually like zero. Okay, because that when I was watching the first season of The Mandalorian, I was like, this is the Star Wars show I wanted. I didn't want any goddamn Force users. I didn't want any Sith. I didn't want any this bullshit. Just show me the lives of normal people who are living out that there. That is the show. Bullshit. That is the show. Yes. There, you know, there's there's like maybe a character. Okay, I'll give it a yeah, try. Yeah, there's maybe uh, one or two characters who like. I could see them in the second season revealing, oh, by the way, they're like a Jedi or something. But that's not what the show is about at all. Like, there's not a lightsaber. There's not, you know, there's dudes wearing robes, but not in like a forcey way. Like, we don't see the Emperor at all. It's all about the uh, the ISB, the interior. The, yeah, the yeah. It's, it's about like how, imperial... like the, in, yeah, just how the world works. And like, every character is so like meaty and fleshed out almost to, to a certain degree. The least of which of those being Andor himself. Like the the rest of the cast is so interesting and complex that you almost are surprised that it, it came out of Star Wars. Like I, so there's no random like Donnie Yen who obviously is a Force user who's not a Force user in the show. Nope, no. Mm-mm. Oh, okay. And you see, okay, and you you see some what? stuff, and there I, are some I, things I... where it's like you, it's kind of gesturing at Andor's story in Rogue One. But in general, it's not like, oh, and that's how he got the fancy jacket he wears in that movie or whatever. Or that's how this happens. That's why he shot that guy at the beginning of the movie. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I mean, it it is setting that sort of stuff up. But I mean, the movie does its own thing of like from a character perspective. Like, it's yeah, it's it's trying to to that degree. It's sort of showing you how he becomes that person. But like in, in a way that is like character development and not 
aha, here's the moment where that happens. Like Star Wars does a lot. Um, okay. I, I will give it a shot. Yeah. Of, of the Star Wars Disney plus series, this is the best one. Like this is, this is the whole thing where like, this is what peak Star Wars can be in a universe. If you do not focus solely on space wizards. Yeah. And I will just caution again for you and anyone else who is think has not seen it. The first episode or two moves a little slowly. It is really kind of putting pieces on the board. So like, if that doesn't work for you right away, I would implore you to just like give it a few. And then by like the third episode, fourth episode, um, it's kind of doing that stuff in full force. And that's where it is. Yeah, it's the game of Thrones. Yeah. It's the game of Thrones storytelling. The mm-hmm. first three to five episodes are set in the place. Yeah. Something big happens in six. There's a cool down episode seven. Something big happens. Nines with twist. 10 were like wrapping. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, my, so with okay. this one though, I would say it's like, it's a four episode arc set in, in three parts in one season. So you have, episodes one through four which tells you a certain part of the story and then you have episodes five through eight which tells you the next part and you have episodes nine through twelve that tells you the last part the they all flow together but it it is kind of a trilogy of there's discrete arcs yeah which are yeah they all flow from one to the other but it's like this is the episode where we're doing this and this is the episode about this and this is the episode or the the set about this yeah yeah and or as matt would say whips yeah, it whips it like, and it's not a thing. I I was also the same way where I'm like, do I need to watch a show about Andor? I like that movie. I'll check it out. And by the time I got to the third episode, I was like, this, this is something. Yeah. And, and Alex, you're going to, if I may be so bold, you're probably going to get Mandoed like I did where they announced Mandalorian. And I'm like, why do I give a fuck about the Mandalorian? And then I watched the first episode and was like, okay, I give a fuck. Like the, if you give it a, a fair chance and or will do that to you. No, I'll, I'll, I'll give it a shot. I just was like, I was like, I just don't care, man. Like at this point, it's just, I am tired of them doing their slavish um, worship of the timeline between one and uh, between three and four. I'm like, I I'm tired of this shit. And so I was, just, and I was like, and they brought back this, you know, which I'm not, I'm not saying anything against actor, actor. It's just, it's something that sticks in my head. Like, um, what is it? The, I didn't the hear game, you complain uh, about it with Thrones. Temple of Doom, man. Yeah. I've <laughs> never heard you complain about that with Temple of Doom. Okay. He was acting three years younger. <laughs> <laughs> what is it? Uh, Andor's only that... acting like two or three years younger too. So it just because it's six okay, no, or seven years like after. <laughs> It's like 17. Man. Okay. We, let's, let's move on because <laughs> yeah. moving on. we're moving on. So let's, let's get into the movies that were announced because That's Star Wars and or minute. <laughs> <laughs> Just sort of, uh, never mind. I'm not going to say it. Movies. Uh, so we, we have some movies announced. Uh, the first one uh, we'll talk about here is the uh, it, it's essentially like a force origins story uh, that will be directed by James Mangold. Um, I feel like they, they kind of did a one, two punch where they're like, Hey, we know this is Star Wars celebration, but it's actually more like Lucasfilm celebration. We just know you're not going to come out for a Lucasfilm celebration. So it's, we call it Star Wars. But here's an Indiana Jones trailer, and here's James Mangold, who directed Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. By the way, he's going to direct a Star Wars movie set even before the High Republic, and we're going to, uh, or the, the Old Republic, and we're going to tell the story of like the origin of the Jedi and the Sith. Or at least that's my understanding of what they're trying to talk about here. I'm so curious to know if this is more in, more interesting than that. And that's just an easy way to sell it because like, 
the like, origin of the Jedi and the Sith is is like sounds extremely boring to me. <laughs> but maybe it's maybe there's something more to it than just that. I am. I I don't know, man. <laughs> I, I like James Mangold, but <laughs> well said. Oh, okay. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Okay, hold on. I'm, I'm, I found a quote. He said, "This is going to be a biblical epic. This is going to be my Ten Commandments." <sighs> okay, I mean, I, I'll see it. I have massive reservations about the first person who figured out how to use the force. And then maybe we get some weird, cool duality storytelling of like siblings who part ways or some crap and their teachings are destined to hate each other forever and ever and ever until an old man is thrown down an elevator shaft. (laughs) (laughs) Starting the cycle, the never ending cycle. Yeah, I mean, obviously, with anything, there's there's potential here. And uh, I mean, James Mangold, I I am one of the rare people that did not like Logan. Um, But we'll see what happens with his uh, Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. And uh, troubling information to learn about you at such a late date. Yeah, I mean, we've been friends for 20 years. We don't have to get into it, but I'm going to be really thinking some things after this. (laughs) He preferred the Wolverine over Logan. I was more entertained <laughs> by the Wolverine, honestly. I mean, the I ending, think, the ending think, sucks, but I, I think just there could, there could be a case for that. I don't know that I subscribe to it, but I, you know, okay. We should <laughs> we should move on. Yeah, I'm I'm just talking pure entertainment value. Like I'm I'm I know I'm in the wrong. I will openly admit to that. But yeah, moving on. Uh, we have our first announced post sequel trilogy movie, which will focus on. Ray starting a new Jedi order, which sounds fine in principle, but it also seems like that should have been the sequel movies. I, I raised my hand. I have a question for you. Yes. 42. So oh, that feels right. <laughs> anyway. So they announced a James Mangold movie about discovering the force and building a Jedi order. And then their sequel movie is about someone who discovered the Force and starting a Jedi Order. Am I getting this right? Well, there's no confirmation (laughs) that the James Mangold movie is going to focus on the creation of the Jedi Order. Actually, there's uh, another quote where they said it's about the founding of the Jedi Order. (laughs) Okay, I missed that part in the the StarWars.com synopsis. (laughs) Yeah, that's actually what it was, is the discovery of the Force and the founding of the first Jedi Order. (laughs) The, that's why I brought it up. I'm like two original movies about founding of the Jedi Order. The, the Daisy Ridley thing is interesting to me because I, you know, I think she's great. I think there are some ways in which she is not well served as a character by mm-hmm. those three movies, and we can we can agree and disagree on where specifically in the sequels that that is most uh, evident. Um. The thing that sticks to me is the Jedi Order thing, not because of the similarity to um, the Mangold thing. And this is another case where I'm hoping that it's just like, this is the easiest way to sell it when we need to pitch it. Mm-hmm. But like so much of the sequels to the degree, to the degree that there is a through line is about like, well, and, and so much of like 
some of the stuff that comes up in talking about the Clone Wars and talking about the prequels, all that kind of stuff, is questioning, like, was the Jedi Order, like, is that something you want to recreate? Is that, like, something that should just come back, right? So, like, those are things I'm interested in exploring, but I also would be disappointed if it was a movie that was like, and now we're back at the temple and we're sitting in the same chair that Yoda sat in that time, you know, <laughs> like I, I, it's, it's one of those things where what I want to see is something different in terms of like, whatever the Jedi or force users, if they don't call themselves the Jedi anymore, I want to see something that is like, not just bringing back the stuff that was before the rise of the empire. Right. And, Hopefully this movie will do some of that, but I I don't know. You know what I mean? My my issue with this movie in the way in in the announcement of it, and this is me being extremely salty, is that this is what I wanted from seven, eight, and nine. And from what I understand, when Lucas gave signed over the rights, there it's been oft repeated, so who knows if it's true or not, that Iger gave a, a like you know like a handshake acknowledgement. Hey, thank you for your scripts for seven through twelve. Yeah, we'll take a look at them and we'll film them, and then immediately threw that all away to do their own vision. But there was it none. has come, yeah, it has come out that seven, eight, nine was basically about Luke's new Jedi Order and the new existential threat that would be facing. Who knows if that would pull from the like the legacy crap of Palpatine returns because there's seventy five clones of him, or they get to the Sun Crusher and all that crap. Who who knows? I but. It rubs me the wrong way that they're going to have, I'm just calling this 10 because this will probably be acknowledged as episode 10, that now they have someone else who's calling themselves Skywalker starting yet starting a new Jedi Order when we should have seen the glory of that in 7, 8, and 9 and how, he, and how Luke and Leia and their children were challenged by whatever was coming. And that really does bother me, especially with the whole reveal that Ray is is a Palpatine. However, that came to be. Um, who got on, who, who got on with who? Um, but Whenever it's Palpatine. It's all gonna, clones. It's just gonna. It sits with me wrong that a non Sky. We're getting a non Skywalker, but yes, it's calling themselves Skywalker storyline of founding of the new Jedi Order when the person who I expected it to and the family that I expected it to was basically wiped away as complete failures of in their lives. And that's where it doesn't sit right with me. I think it could be interesting. I think it's just being told from the wrong perspective with the baggage that seven, eight, nine created. Sure. I mean, I guess we'll see who knows. Cause like, yeah, I mean, it could be interesting, but they have a lot to make up for, in my opinion. Yeah. And I don't know if I would put it as bluntly as you did there, where um, like it, it doesn't feel like it's being the, the new Jedi Order is being founded by the wrong person to not so eloquently uh, paraphrase what you said. Um, it does really feel odd to not have the new Jedi Order storyline being followed up with Luke, which they're trying to like band aid into like Mando and Book of Boba Fett and stuff. Uh, but it's not going to be as impactful, I don't think, because well, we know where it's right. going. Even then, like that was a that was a thing that annoyed me about Book of Boba Fett, where like, you know, I 
I generally am, I like the things that Last Jedi does with Luke. And I think there are ways in that gap where you can make it so that he, if you're going to tell stories in the interim between Return of the Jedi and where he shows up in The Last Jedi, you can do it so this way that he's like, he, he had a big failure that was really fucked up, but he's not like a total failure, right? But in his his appearance in Mandalorian or Book of Boba Fett, what's the difference? Um, it's that's a that is a show where he's like trying to rebuild the, the Jedi Order, but he's like just doing the same shit, right? Where he's like, "Hey, Baby Yoda, you have to choose between attachments and being a Jedi," which is like, if we really want to get into all like the meta, the the meta commentary of a lot of the prequel era. That's like, that's how you get a Darth Vader, you know? Yeah. So it, that, that's the thing that frustrated me was that like, we're just depicting him jumping right back into the same stupid shit that got us all into this mess. And that is a thing that makes me feel more like he is going to fail than it is. Oh, he made the wrong mo- choice at the exact wrong moment. And it fucked everything up. Um, yeah. So that's 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 what that's what I worry about with this movie, right? Where it's they're going to do that again, where it's just, oh, well, you just make the Jedi Order and you don't have attachments and you are basically mm-hmm. monks. And like, I want to see them. I want to see a story about somebody trying to forge a new path. And if that is a movie about Ray, great. If that's a show about or something about Luke Skywalker before it goes bad, great. But I something about always always reverting back to the Jedi Order, which we mostly have seen in a time when they have like basically failed already. That that sucks to me. It's yeah, it's the traditionalist idea that like okay, because this is how they did it previously, this is how it needs to be again, and that's obviously not going to work in the long run, if not even the short term. Yeah, and TBD and, if that's what this movie is right. about, but I want to see something different. Yeah, and that's I think that would make uh, the story more compelling along the lines of also just figuring out who the bad guy is going to be for the story, because obviously you need some kind of conflict, um, but you need to have something that differentiates it, because if anything else, it's just going to be repeating the cycle, because as we've pointed out in previous Star Wars focused episodes, the Republic we we've seen it. We'll talk more about it next week in our Mandalorian episode where the new Republic is kind of just a shitty version of the old Republic where not the, the old Republic that people enjoy, but right, the like previous the, Republic. Yeah. Yeah. That right. Palpatine was able to manipulate and uh, we're seeing a lot of the bureaucracy already just kind of making problems for people, which obviously they're setting that up for what ends up happening where Leia and uh, Poe have to, create their own military because the new Republic is just kind of fangless. And they're just trying to be like, we're not the empire. We're going right. to, we're going to be nice to you when we torture you. <laughs> so what is the third movie, sir? The final movie announced, uh, which again, I, I feel like this is going to go, just go straight to Disney plus because it, it seems like such a, a far out there timeline. Uh, they announced that Dave Filoni will helm the, the director's chair for a Mandoverse movie where we will see Bo-Katan, Mando, uh, Ahsoka, and 
uh, Matt's favorite character, Grief Karga and Baby Yoda combine and fight Thrawn, I assume, or something. I, I would assume Thrawn would be the big bad for this, but they said this is like six to seven years down the line, or at least it'll be the culmination of these Mandoverse stories. And it just it seems like a weird announcement to make when you literally just had Dave Filoni come out, I think, even in that same week and say, oh, these Mando stories could go for 10, 15 years. We'll go as long as we can. I could see it being a thing like the first Avengers movie, right? Where and, and to the degree that it sounds like a big crossover. Yeah, yeah. But also in the sense that like it's the culmination of all those movies that are like, here's this character, this character, this character. And now they meet. But then stories go on, right? Theoretically, it doesn't, you know, again, and it it changes the math when it's almost a decade out, supposedly. But you could see a way that they can do a story where everybody comes together and there's the big bombastic fight. And then there's still another season of Mandalorian. It's just a bunch of shit got resolved, right? Yeah. And if they had announced it for like 2027, I can understand that because then you you can take a year off, do Mando season four. We have Ahsoka coming out next uh, later this year. You can do another spinoff. You can do like a Hera spinoff. We have Andor, which obviously Andor has no effect on this Thrawn right. storyline. Uh, but you can announce a few other things that build up to this movie. And if it's a theatrical theatrical release, I feel like that's kind of shooting themselves in the foot, considering all of these stories are being built up on Disney Plus. Uh, but I mean, what? how else are you making your money back on this story as well without a theatrical release? Um, you're kind of giving away money if you're not making it putting it in theaters it's interesting just because like i think what you said points to something and you know we as as we are talking we you and i josh just recorded an episode about franchise fatigue that we didn't get into this part of it too much but i think one of the things that people talk about when i talk about franchise fatigue is the conception that you have to have you have to follow a bunch of stuff in order to understand a movie or a TV show, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, if, if this is a theatrical release that years on the line, it's Mandalorian the movie or whatever they call it, I think you're going to have a lot of resistance from people who are like, I have to have watched six years of TV and, like, four shows to understand this. Whether or not that's actually true in the movie, whether or not the movie itself gives you what you need to enjoy it, there's still that perception that, like, this is the culmination of, like, a decade of television that I think turns people off. Yeah. And I, I, I would almost guarantee that the movie is going to be called heir to the empire. If it is Thrawn, that's the big bad. The the thing that bothers me about this is that they announce a movie to something that they haven't, um, they haven't made a predetermined storyline, a uh, bridge to. So what you have is you have Mando's one through three, but you also have Book of Boba Fett. Is Boba Fett getting another one, another series? We're not sure. Then you have Osaka. How many Osaka series are there? They already canceled the like Republican Rangers or whatever the heck that that series was. They're trying to spin that off sideways. There's been rumblings that they may give um, Bogotan may actually get her own single, like kind of like limited run series before leading up to this. It's like. How many pieces are you going to announce, cancel, and then redo to try to get to try to fit your Jenga tower to this end point? Yeah, it, it's like the the cynical view is like it's the worst version of like what people accuse the MCU of being to some degree, where it's like, you know, I think I think in practice you don't have to have watched all those movies to understand Avengers or whatever, but mm-hmm. that's the perception, is that if you haven't seen 23 movies 
or whatever they're at now that they're over 30 now the next ant-man doesn't make any fucking sense which is probably not true but the perception is there and that can be a big barrier to people Mm -hmm. yeah and so i mean i'm curious as to how they get there but if it turns out that thrawn is the bad guy then it's like well worries seeing him in osaka so he gets away right Okay. Yeah. That, you're giving away that the ending. season's worthless. <laughs> you know, yeah. unless the Sun Crusher shows up suddenly, or you know, uh, or you know, Dylan McDermott is still alive. <laughs> they could show one of his clones. <laughs> Ian McDermott. <laughs> Sorry, Ian McDermott. Thank you. Yeah, but I mean, Dylan McDermott is also still alive. For the record. <laughs> yes, he is. As sure. of this recording. Not a not a bat not an unfactual statement. Yes. <laughs> So those were the movies announced. Those were like the big announcements. Um, they also did touch on Star Wars Jedi Survivor, but that comes out in a couple of weeks. So like it was more just like gameplay I'm hyped. Uh, stuff. I'm hype. That game looks yeah, fucking and, rad. And you, you can have uh, you can have Cal grow a Matt style beard, which I'm, I'm definitely going to oh, yeah. have it for, for the listeners at home. It's just a beard. <laughs> you know, it's not anything special about me. It's just you got yeah, some good length going on it now. Like you used to keep it a little tight, but now you've got some good length going. So it, it hanging a little off the chin. Uh, or off the, the jawline. Yeah, I'm going to yeah. I'm going to make sure I get it as close as I can. OK, all right. Well, I'll take I'll take photos. It's I mean, <laughs> it depends on how messy you can get it. Yeah, I'll need the reference photos for the for the digital copy. Yeah. <laughs> but Star Wars Celebration 2023, uh, I don't believe they're doing one next year. Uh, they announced that 2025 Star Wars Celebration will be in Japan, which I would assume that probably means some kind of big anime announcements coming. Um, maybe they'll make a Star Wars anime movie. Who knows? Yeah, and the, the movie announcements are interesting because I think a lot of hay has been made about, and we've alluded to it too, like these movies aren't going to happen because, you know, very recently there's been a spate of announcements that like a bunch of movies that were announced to be in development have been taken off the schedule or are no longer happening, right? Yeah, the uh, Patty Jenkins Rogue Squad was a Rogue Squadron yeah movie and um, there, yeah, was, that... there was supposedly like a kevin feige produced set of movies or movie or trilogy that was that is not coming out and the thing you know i think when star wars was bought by disney disney was originally like okay star wars is going to be another mcu we're going to do a movie a year maybe more than one movie a year um and then so you get all these announcements where you have the new trilogy you have rogue one you have you know solo all so i think all of these people get movies in this period where they're like it's a gold rush to 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 build out this huge cinematic universe and then after solo kind of gets lukewarm reviews they realize we can't just do movies constantly so they pivot to tv and i think that's why a lot of those movies all got canceled partially partially um so my hope is that they they are now at a point where they're like we're not going to announce a movie that's not actually getting made but who knows right well uh, like a few weeks ago um a few weeks ago kathleen kennedy said that the rogue squadron movie might still happen but they didn't say anything about that um so it is kind of interesting that they announced these three movies that they say are deep in development. Yeah. Which I'm assuming is that these three movies are going to be the movies that are um, sandwiching the every other year plan that Disney has for Avatar. Yeah. 
because that's what they originally asked. It was supposed to be like, oh yeah, Avatar 2, then a Star Wars movie, then Avatar 3, then a Star Wars movie, 4 or 5, Avatar movie. You know? I'm assuming that's what they're going to, what they're trying to do. So what, in, in 2024, we should get Avatar 3. Then 2025, is that what we're looking for earliest for the next Star Wars movie? I guess so, yeah. So, I mean, you know, it's yeah. it's hard it's hard to blame anyone for being skeptical of those movies at this point. I just, I hope that recent bad press has made them realize we cannot just announce a bunch of movies without some specifics, which we did get granted. And also mm-hmm. without a much more bulletproof plan for them to come yeah. out where like some of them may still get canceled for like, you know, who knows. Right. But hopefully they're at a point where they're not announcing shit just to announce it. <laughs> but we'll see. Well, it's Star Wars. To... They'll film half the movie and then, and then fire the directors and put somebody new in place. Well, yeah, of course, you know, that's tradition. <laughs> Yeah, the only one I, I can guarantee is going to happen is the Dave Filoni one because he can't fire himself. Essentially, uh, yeah. I mean, as as much as Kathleen Kennedy is the head of that studio, he is kind of the boss. He's, he's the guy. He's oh the he's God. the creative force can, at this point. Yeah. Can you imagine if halfway through filming that that movie, he's fired and like John Favreau takes over, <laughs> <laughs> and then he's fired and then they hire Lord and Miller. Oh, they're back. <laughs> yeah, full circle. Oh, man. <laughs> I would I would love nothing more than to see that Borden Miller Han Solo movie, but let, let's. Yeah, the, uh, I would just you know, you know, quick thing. Imagine if that happens. You're watching the movie. You can like, oh, this just feels a little weird. All of a sudden, like this feels like something Favreau would do, and all of a sudden, it just starts playing the their version of Solo. Because <laughs> <laughs> they That'd they be were the like highest three days movie of, ever. <laughs> they were like three days away from from the end of that movie. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> All right, sorry. All right, yeah, let's let's start wrapping up here. I think the main consensus is we are hyped for all of these announcements, yep. but we are skeptical as well because Hell Star yes. Wars just has a weird thing of not delivering what was promised in one way or another. It's in a weird place um, right now. It's in a I think I don't think it's a bad place, but it is also a weird place. Yeah, it, and it's it's lots of highs, some mediums. I don't think there's too many lows um other than just like maybe some people being disappointed that what they thought was coming wasn't, which uh, if we ever do like a state of Star Wars episode, I, that's something that I feel is the main problem is that fans have these expectations. And that was what was a big problem with going from The Force Awakens into The Last Jedi was where you left too much on the table for people to speculate. And then that that speculation just got to a fever pitch and there was no way The Last Jedi could deliver on that. Um, but that's another. I'm sorry. We Are, can't start a Last we, Jedi discussion now. No, 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 no. <laughs> You said there's really no lows other than fan expectations. Josh, please tell me your review of of the book of Boba Fett out from episode one. Let's go. <laughs> it was absolutely fine. It's just Boba Fett sucks. <laughs> How did you enjoy episode four? <laughs> I don't even remember what bo- episode four was. Episode four um, was the episode that was just the Mandalorian. And that episode is pretty good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you can follow me on Twitter at Josh underscore scar. You can follow the podcast at talking smack pod. Um, Matt, please let everyone know about our Discord. Okay, here's 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 how I'm going to pitch it. You heard me rant and just talk incessantly without ceasing. If you want to see that, but in text form, that's Discord, baby. That's our Discord. Uh, you know, maybe I should stop pitching it like that because I don't think we're seeing a bunch of people join because of this. Well, I mean, this we pitch, we have but... we have engagement. We have engagement from like the Game Club Pod guys. Yeah, and, yeah, uh, we, yeah. Abdul and other Some like our, our team of people. There's, yeah, there's we've got us. We've got here. some of the some of our podcast friends in there. It's a good time, you know. 
I, I can tend to go on because I get excited about talking about things I like. And then next thing you know, I've written four paragraphs and nobody responds to it. And I wonder if I made somebody mad. Um, <laughs> that answer is yes. Uh, <laughs> when it comes to Alex, I know the answer is always yes. Anyway, it's a good time. We'd love to have more people there. I'm there all the time because I'm bad at my my day job. So, And you can, you can join it because the link will be in the episode description. Yeah. And if you, uh, as we've said before, next week, we are talking about The Mandalorian with a very special guest. I'm not going to uh, say who it is yet. Because, it's me. Uh, it's me. me. Yeah. yeah, it's me and Alex. <laughs> <laughs> it's just us again, guys. But if you want to let us know your thoughts on Mandalorian Season 3, you can email us at tsmackpod at gmail.com and any other uh, review episodes we will have coming up, plus uh, including uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, which will be very soon. Uh, thank you to Leo Allen for our musical themes. Thank you to Beppo for all of our original avatars. And thank you to Retro Ale Studios for our Ricky avatars. Please like, subscribe, rate, review on your podcatcher of choice. And most of all, thanks everyone for listening and take care. And I forgot to click over the uh, intro music, so it's going to fade in a lot slower than it usually does. No, 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 no. The, in- the, the outro music, not intro. Outro, outro yes. music <laughs> this week is by Metallica, fresh off of dropping oh 72 Seasons, their newest album yesterday. They're remixing <laughs> our theme song. All right. Yeah. Well, thanks, everyone, you for listening. You hear, hear Lars's drumming in there. You hear that? <laughs> yeah, that sounds great, doesn't it? Oh, there's there's Kirk's uh, there's solo. Yeah, okay. Uh-huh. James is not doing any music right now. I think Alex is trying to pad out so you can't stay watch Star Trek, Matt. <laughs> well, he- Stop it, Josh. Watch Andor. Watch Andor. (laughs) Take care. Watch Andor. (laughs) Bye. Bye. (laughs) I was stalled. Uh, there's James's choral vocals. <laughs> <laughs>